We're about meeting with Jesus. And that we need him. We need him so desperately. We need his word in our life. So if you will, will join with me as we read here today from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn and there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is the word of the Lord. Dear God, just thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that you would speak to us, Lord. I pray that you would speak through me. And those who are with me, that you might just be praying that God gives his word through me for everybody here. And anything that is not of him would not come off my lips. And I said, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 So I have a question for you guys today. And if you have a notepad, you can get it out, do a little thinking, write it down. Question is this, where are you paralyzed? 
Where are you paralyzed? We see this man here. He was, he was there for 38 years. 38 years. That's longer than I've been alive. And, and you, can, you can imagine <laughs> just, man, the, the, what it takes to, to keep having that hope to get himself over by that pool every day. And, and each of us, we have things in our life. We have, we have things that paralyze us. Right now, we, we have this current situation going on in our country. We, we look at the, the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey. Over Memorial Day weekend, we had 10 people murdered in our city. Young men who were just cut down. Two in our own neighborhood recently, Meech and JJ, as some of you know. And, and as we look at these things, sometimes we just feel paralyzed. We said, this has been going on for too long. We, we feel, maybe you feel helpless. And you're asking God, God, what can we even do? Man, we can, we can go out and, and protest. Is that, is that changing it? We have, a, we have a movement that says Black Lives Matter. And yet we still see stuff happening. And if we have to constantly say that, sometimes there's that question, do we, are people actually believing it? We have to try so hard to convince ourselves that. And we, we keep going to different things, trying and trying and trying to ask ourselves, what's, what's it going to take? What's going to work? Sometimes even as, as a white man, I feel like I can't even say anything. What, what right do I have to say, even speak up? I, I don't understand what that's like. I, I don't know, I understand the, the fear of just because of the color of my skin, someone might murder me. I haven't had to go through that. Each of us have our our own experiences. We have our own stuff that you're going through. And, and some of you, it's, it's just things that are a lot more personal right now, too. It could be relational issues, financial struggles. Maybe you're like this man who says that he didn't have anybody. He didn't have anybody to pick him up and, and bring him to the pool. And you just feel that utter pain of loneliness. And, and maybe you, you still go on the, the, the dating apps or whatever it might be, and you're like, you're just going through the motions. Where are you paralyzed today? Where are you paralyzed? And the next, next thing I want to I get to is, is you just become a little bit aware of that is, I want you to just in your minds or cl close your eyes if, if you need it and just picture Christ coming and standing over you and what he might say to you. 
in that moment where you're at right now. I find it interesting that with this man, he asked him a kind of almost seeming offensive question. He asked the man, do you want to be healed? <laughs> do you want to be healed? I don't know about you, but man, it almost kind of feel like kind of, really Jesus? What kind of question is that? Jesus knows he wants to be healed. I believe what Jesus is doing there is that he is inviting the man to hope again. You see, he had, he's been going through the motions, going through this fool, but he's, he's opening up that desire that he has and that he, for the man to actually admit that he does. And notice he doesn't say, do you need to be healed? He doesn't say, are you supposed to be healed? He says, do you want to be healed? Sometimes we wonder if what we want doesn't does even matter. Does God care about what I want? What, what right do I have to want anything? What, what good has desiring ever, ever done for me if it just keeps letting me down? And, and you see what happens as we start thinking that way is if my wants don't matter, the things that I'm, the things on my heart, if, if I have to keep pushing those aside, what we're actually saying at the end of the day is that I don't matter. If, if the things that are just weighing on me, the cry of my heart, if God doesn't cry with me, if he doesn't hurt with me, and, and how often we get this message that you need to, you need to just not want. We even, I think we misuse sometimes uh, Psalm 23, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, see, I'm not supposed to want. I'm not supposed to desire anything. I'm supposed to just be content with the miserable situation I'm in. But what I actually believe, if you look at what's going on there, Psalm 23 says, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because he's taking care of me. Because he leads me beside still waters. He gives me some green pastures to lie down in. Yeah. He restores my soul. Amen. Yeah. Saying, I shall not want, saying that I'm trusting that God cares for me so much that he's going to, he actually cares about my desires. He cares about my hurts. He cares about my needs. And so Jesus asks this man, he says, do you want to be healed? You see, and so often instead of actually hearing where, where our heart is at, what we listen to is just a lot of other voices. We listen to all the shoulds, we listen to the can'ts, we listen to these messages of, of you're, you're worthless. We, we, we bow down as so many different altars and we, end up neglecting Christ and we end up neglecting ourselves. 
And, and notice, Jesus is the one who cares about where this guy is. He's the one that's hearing his pain. When he says, do you want to be healed? He's opening the man up to an opportunity to share his hurts. And Jesus listens. He listens. And, and you know what? I, I believe this guy, he was in saying that, he was actually asking Christ to be the one to come and pick him up and put him in the pool. Because yeah. how does he respond? He says, I have nobody to pick me up and bring me over there. Every time somebody gets in the water first, basically saying, Jesus, can you fit into the way I've, I've been wanting to see things happen? I have this plan, Jesus. I have this plan of how it's going to work out. Can you do that for me? But you see, he didn't, he didn't realize that he had somebody better standing in front of him. He, he was wanting someone to put him into a pool of water that supposedly healed one person, the first one. And then right there in front of him was the living water. As we read the other week with the Samaritan woman, he says, I am living water. That he can, he can fill us up with this eternal spring of, of living water where we never thirst again. That's who he was talking to. And Jesus is like, I can do you one better. He says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. He asked him to do the impossible. He doesn't, he doesn't fit in the way that the guy was wanting things to happen. He did something even better. I think how many times do we, do we sell God short? We, we set the bar too low. Because we don't realize that we're talking to the king of the universe. I was watching this uh, science documentary the other day. And man, I'm just uh, overwhelmed. Like, you know, in the city, we don't get to see the stars much. You go out to Lake Michigan at night, you might see like four, right? And then 20 planes. But man, if you're standing out on a full night of stars, if you're out in the country or, or wherever, you look at that and you realize... Wow, like we're really small. <laughs> we're really small and the, and the universe is really big. And, and even everything you see is just a, just a little tiny speck of what's actually out there. And you look at some of those Hubble images and you see like millions of galaxies and we can't even see all of them because the light can't even reach us. They say there's, there's more stars in the universe than sand on the seashores on the, on the earth. And do you know who holds them all in his hand? Your father who loves you. You think, you think your problems are too big for him? You think that your impossible thing is impossible for God? And, and you think he, he is confined to the way things work here on this world? 
Oh, he is bigger. He is greater. And, and here in this passage, what's amazing is what Jesus actually is asking this man to do was in direct defiance of what he was supposed to do, of what was expected of him by the social expectations of that day. He asked him to pick up his bed and walk, something that you know, getting up and walk would have been one thing, but he asked him to do something that the Pharisees wouldn't like. Jesus knew that. That was considered working on the Sabbath. What are, what are the, the social pressures that you, you have right now? These, these things that we listen to that aren't Christ in our life. So we listen to what, what our, our friends are, are wanting us to do. Maybe what the, the media is expecting you to do or what the laws even might be telling you to do and some of them are unjust. What is, my question for us is what is Jesus asking us to do? You see, in this context, you, this is the Sabbath. And they turn the Sabbath, which is supposed to be rest and freedom, into oppression. Where they were more concerned that the guy was carrying his bed than they were overjoyed that the lame was walking. Amen. Amen. You're not supposed to be walking. <laughs> Wait, and someone healed you on the Sabbath? How jacked up is that? How jacked up is that? And how often we do this and, and, and we have these kind of things in our own thinking at times. We're more concerned that things go our way. We're more concerned that everything fits into the, the theories that we have about the way economy works, the way the world works, and what Jesus says. Man, his constant rebuke was to the Pharisees, man, you guys have neglected the weightier things of the law. Mercy and justice. What are we bowing down to? Are, are, we, are we looking for, one, are we looking for Christ who worked through the systems that we have in place? That is this pool that maybe will stir some water. I've been sitting there for 38 years. Is that what we're putting our hope in? Or are we putting our hope into the following rules that are broken? And what's, what's amazing here is this man, even after Christ has healed him, what does he do? Man, he, it's, it's amazing. He, I, I got to give the guy credit. Right, I, I don't want to like <laughs> throw him off so quickly, but man, he has been there for 38 years and he got up the courage to try to stand up and walk. He got up that courage and he got the courage to do something that he knew that the Jewish religious elite of his day wouldn't like. I give the guy props for that. Amen. But then what does he do? He's still stuck and serving all these other things. And that 
the very people that wouldn't want him to be healed. He caters to them instead of Christ. That he goes and tells them, Jesus is the one who healed me. He's the one who broke your Sabbath. He wanted to absolve himself. And, and I think of how many ways, man, like Christ does so much for us. He is so gracious to us. But then when it gets down to it, do we turn from him at the last second? We give in. We give in to what maybe our friends are wanting. But I want to give you some hope here. An amazing thing is that there at the end, Jesus says to the man, he says, see you are well. This is verse 14. It says, sin no more. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that sounds, here's another command from Jesus that sounds a little harsh, a little hard, not just a little hard, but that's diff, that's impossible. Sin no more. But realize this is the same Jesus who just said to him, take up your bed and walk. Who, who gave that guy the power to pick up his bed and walk? Jesus. And you say, I've been stuck in the same thing my whole life. And you know what? Like my parents did this to me. This happened to me. Whatever it might be. We have all our reasons why we keep doing the same thing. But Jesus says, hey, <laughs> I love you. I love you relentlessly. And you know what? You're going to have to take some responsibility for your actions here. And that's, that's not a hard thing, guys. That, well, it's, it's hard, but it's not Jesus being hard. It's a good thing. You see, if I, don't, if I don't take responsibility, then I don't get to see it as sin, right? Because I'm, I'm just at the, the whims and the, I'm a victim of my circumstances. But if I take responsibility, now I gotta, I gotta name it as that wasn't good that I did. I gotta actually say that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Because do you know who Jesus died for? Man. He didn't die for the righteous. He died for sinners. Man. And it's when I admit that I need him, man, that's when I receive that love. That's when I receive that mercy. And that's when I receive that grace. Man. And it's that exact same love. It's that exact same grace that forgives us of our sins that allows us to walk in righteousness. Amen. Amen. So finally, in closing here, and, and we're going to have a give us some time for a discussion, you know, and leading in that. It's just how, what is Jesus saying to you today? If he was standing over you, what would he ask you? What, what does 
taking responsibility look like? And what does hope look like in, in those areas that we are paralyzing? Where does God step in? I just want to close this out with a word of prayer, and then we're going to hand it off. Um, dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you are merciful, or I thank you that you are gracious. God, and I thank you that you are bigger. You are stronger. Amen. You are more powerful. You are mightier, Lord. Amen. 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 God, I ask that thank you, you would speak to us today. Yes, Lord. Meet with us today, Lord. Lord, that we would find the courage to pick up our bed and walk. Lord, and that we can only do that with your help. You with us, Lord. Oh, God, and that's, that's it. It's just being with you, Emmanuel, God with us, Lord. We might just have your presence with us, Lord. And as we walk with your presence, God, oh, man, I think of the Israelites with the ark going with them and and battles were won simply by bringing your presence they still had to walk they still had to walk around the walls but it's your presence with them that defeated armies just like that so lord be with us today lead us give us your wisdom guidance we thank you we love you and we praise you in jesus name all right, people say. Amen.